Welcome to the Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thank you, Barry. My youngest daughter has always teased me that I was a minimalist long before it was a thing. Early in my life, if I hadn't used something in six months or so, I would ask myself if I needed it. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy possessions. I just wanted to keep those that, that in some way added value. The idea of having a drawer or a box so full that I couldn't close it bothered me. And, and back then, I didn't know why. So today, as I'm thinking about this topic of minimalism, I ask, is it still having a positive influence on my days? This idea resurfaced right after the mail came with a book by Joshua Becker, The More of Less. It had been sent from that same daughter who's been aware of my minimalistic tendencies and has adopted some of those same tendencies herself. Let me say up front that if you're someone who loves to accumulate, to organize, to care for, and then view the things you've organized, then this idea of minimalism will not resonate with you. You, you may even find the idea of minimalism being disruptive to your way of thinking. I think it's also important to call out that a minimalist can love beautiful things. A leader who is a minimalist can work from the corner office on the 10th story of a Fortune 500 company. The focus is not on to own or not to own, but rather to gain clarity in removing distractions that impact the way you spend your days. Being a minimalist or, or not a minimalist is a personal choice. You can anticipate that those you work and live with will not share the same minimalistic proclivities. I've been waiting a long time to use that word, proclivities. It sounds so powerful, and it just means tendencies or inclinations. But seriously, if you are a minimalist, it's important to acknowledge that this is a personal choice, and you can't expect that those you work with or live with will share your same passion, your same tendencies. <laughs> Moving forward with this idea, I, I have to tell you that being a minimalist doesn't just happen. There's a level of intentionality in order for minimalism to impact the way you spend your days, the way you lead your life. Moving things along to their new homes adds more time and space for what matters in your life. Becoming more minimalistic allows a person to create a space where a space did not exist. As a leader who traveled for many years, I found selections of suits, tops, and shoes that would last for a week but would fit into one carry-on suitcase. In selecting three or four basic colors for these work clothes, most of my outfits were interchangeable. Of course, I threw in a wild color every once in a while just to keep things interesting. Don't, don't laugh, but I also found that if I bought tops with a rounded neck and carefully cut out the tag on the back, that maybe on those not-so-rare days when I spilled something on the front of my shirt, I could turn it backwards, put my suit coat back on, and, and I don't remember anyone ever saying, Nina, your top is on backwards. This minimalist strategy allowed me to take less than 15 minutes to pack in preparation for a week-long trip. All, all crazy stories aside, this is not uh, just about tackling bulging wardrobes or overburdened bookshelves and the never-ending auto emails that fill up your inbox with invitations and subscriptions that you never applied for. 
Becoming a minimalist is a way of life, a purposeful decision-making process to remove the distractions so that you can increase your focus and clarity on what matters the most in your life. Removing distractions. Wow. What leader doesn't long for less distractions? It's a common knowledge that we often create our own chaos. And here, with minimalism, this idea of allowing for the creation of chaos rises again. We pursue and we accumulate that which can become the source of our greatest distractions. Perhaps a question for a leader who is considering the pursuit of minimalism is, where do I have influence in my days where I can control change? I often work with leaders who are frustrated with the complexity that surrounds them, and yet they are unable to articulate specific areas where they are positioned to affect change. Pause and look at the elements that drive your top priorities, the team you lead, the key initiatives you influence, the work streams you are on, your workspace, both virtually and non-virtually. In all of these elements, are you able to state where you find your highest value? How would being a minimalist support the clarity that you seek? I want to share three values with you and ways that you can maintain a minimalistic approach to your work, even if you feel that there's not a lot that you can control. The first value I want to share with you is that people are the highest priority. Over 20 years ago, as, as a young leader, I developed a personal one-sentence purpose statement. It is simple, and I have memorized it so that it can be used at a second's notice. I've used this simple statement in my life to remind me who I am and why I do what I do. This simple statement has guided me when I see that I am moving away from what matters to me. I don't have to stop and read 15 books or take time to do a root cause analysis on the distractions that are creeping in. I've already done that work when pursuing the benefits of minimalism because this simple statement has helped me in my decision-making process for when I realize that people are moving from the number one position in my life and my work. And then I know I must reduce the clutter in my world so that people resume their rightful position as having the primary position of value. If you've not done something like this, check out our free resource on my website, www.healthyleadership.online, to hear the simple process I use in developing a one-sentence purpose. The example of a second value that I want to share with you on how to maintain a minimalist approach to your work is the idea of consistently delivering excellence. That's something that I value. And one of the ways I've moved this towards a minimalist approach is through the development of a solution-based leadership framework that compounds the delivery of excellence as I pursue four elements in everything I lead. I've used this framework in different leadership roles, and I can tell you that it works. You'll see the, my thoughts on that on the website as well. But using a consistent framework in what you value is one way to keep things focused and clear. A third value that you might consider, and one that has meant something to me, is the idea of relentlessly pursuing synergy in what I do. Th there are several exercises that can help you with this, and one that's a commonly known exercise is, is one that I use. It's called Start, Stop, Continue. 
I usually start in the continue column as I ask myself, what is adding value? And I put what is clearly adding value into this continue column. You must have clarity on what the value add is to the things that you were doing. And, and if you can't clearly state why what you are doing is adding value, take a step back and dig deeper. The reason I recommend starting in this column is it's like a litmus test to the work that you have been doing. What percentage of the work you're doing today do you feel has the value that you are seeking to continue? If there is less than you expected, take a minimalist viewpoint and ask if what you have been doing is a distraction rather than adding value to your work. Once you've identified two or three priorities in the, in the continue column, Oftentimes you might consider moving for a few moments to the stop column and ask yourself, what is not adding value? You may have already added something in this column when you were reviewing what you no longer think you need to continue. And it's important that the ramifications of stopping work is carefully studied to assure that a high priority value is not being missed. But take the time to say, this is what I can stop that will help me to gain clarity on what I'm doing. And then the third column, the start column. I'll tell you in my own life, I've used this exercise when I've been asked particularly to consider starting a large project. Do I have the capacity? Often leaders will say yes to a big project without looking first at what they are going to continue and what must be stopped. If you want to reduce the potential of distractions, Add value to the new project only if space has been made with one or two things being moved to the stop column. And it may be that the project is not stopped, but it might be that your work will be stopped um, as you move it to the stop column. Doing this exercise is, is one way to refocus time and resources towards the most significant areas of, of your business. Removing processes and work product that don't seem to bring the value you are seeking. Here's my final question. Are you interested in embracing minimalism? If the answer is yes, then let me encourage you to answer this question first. What are you creating space for? In other words, what really matters to you? And let me encourage you not to divide what matters to you into work and personal. Be holistic. Respond to the question with what matters to you, period. What are you creating space for, period. Answering this question will take you a step higher in your thinking and will move you towards a greater satisfaction in your days, whether you are at home or at work. Because little by little, you are choosing to let go of those things that distract you so that with intentionality, you can create the space for what matters. I'm going to close by sharing just five of the 12 benefits of becoming a minimalist from the book by Joshua Becker. He calls them life-giving universal benefits of minimalism. More time and energy, less stress less distraction, less environmental impact, more contentment. Thanks for joining me today on The Art of Leadership. 
And as always, you can find me at www.healthyleadership.online.